This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Forever. Two best friends, and they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder, do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cheese, so many, every single dude, all the dudes, and we couldn't help but wonder. With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Help But Wonder, a podcast where we talk about sex and the city and how it relates to us. Ooh. Hello. Hi, hi, hi. You look very pretty today. Really? Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Makeup, hot, hair, hot, outfit, hot. Oh, Three chili peppers out of three. Oh, (laughs) Wow. Oh, my God. I won the chili cook-off of this podcast. Thank you for saying that. I have a huge um, zit on my cheek that just refuses to go down. So um, maybe it's just time to, like... Welcome her into the fold. Yeah, I think she's just part Give of my name. part of my community. Charge her rent. Yeah, yeah. She hopefully is not here to stay, but we'll let her Airbnb my face for a little bit Girl. and uh, then kick her the fuck out. Hopefully, hopefully. You know, memories for a lifetime. Oh God, how are you? Who are you this week? This episode is insane. It's really insane when your life coincides exactly with I the was, Sex in the City I episode. I was thinking about you when we were Come um, on. when I was watching this. Come yeah. on. So I won't go too much into it. I don't know how much I should say, but um, if anyone's been following my hashtag dog journey, um, after <laughs> four glorious months, I've decided oh to God. give my dog to my mom. Yeah. As every mature adult woman does. Oh my God. Seriously, heavy on the journey. What a journey. Uh, I mean, this journey was a roller goddamn coaster. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still love him very, very much, but <laughs> I, I oh, shut up. I'm sorry. It's just shut I up. remember shut the day up. you got him and he was in here with us, and it was like I I'm obsessed. He's my new <laughs> shut up. Shut up. It's so it's I'm gonna amazing. have a baby and after two years I'm gonna, gonna be, be like, like Mom, take it. I don't think honestly, I want it anymore. Wait, but for real though, when babies are born, like or like before you have kids, I, I feel like every mother says their kid like just have the baby and give it to me like they literally say that like every soon to be or whatever prospective grandma I feel like says that phrase and I'm like oh it actually happened in this case you're like I have the dog and I gave it to my mom well we don't know we don't know she's gonna she's gonna take him for a little bit here's the thing and she lives close if I had endless amounts of money I would keep him but he requires my dog so much I my dog is gorgeous but also like many gorgeous creatures is the most high maintenance demanding yes non-stop expensive i mean i chachi hadid oh chachi hadid hilton uh-huh. is my dog <laughs> chachi, chachi hadid Kardashian. Kardashian. uh gibson radikowski yeah i mean truly and the thing is i hate to say it okay 
I have to make this short because like anyone who's not interested in dogs is going to just jump out a window. But I will say that I looked it up online because my dog used to be for people who have dogs or like dogs. My dog used to be the sweetest, cuddliest. He would go into my lap, curl yeah, in. He and was I was super snuggly, like lightning. Yeah. It just changed. Wow. He will growl if you pet him. He never wants what? to cuddle like I don't really miss him as much because he's not the same dog. Like, he what happened? Changed. I looked online and apparently at four to five months. Did the earthquake change his personality? It just like shook the sweetness Weird out of science. him? Weird science. He like, uh, got, like somebody died and like went into him. Oh my God. And the real Chachi somewhere else and another wow. dog. No, they say that, first of all, he had surgery. They said sometimes after surgery, your dog's so angry at you, it like never recovers. What <laughs> the actual fuck? I, I have never heard that and I hate that. So do I. And the second thing is they say that because dogs live so short, four or five months is the teen age period so they're like fuck you get away from me Rawr. I'm angry I'm pissed I'm goth I'm listening to like garbage you know yeah 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 so he might just be going through his goth phase but either way my mom's taking him until he's perfect again and then I'm stealing him again oh great okay we've got a plan in place yeah you're you're armed with with uh, a strategy day, here what I will like we do that. without moms literally moms shout out to moms M-O-M-S. big ups to moms you ruin us but you save us thank you for all that you do the ups the downs the curveballs we love you we do yeah jay melita yeah dying to know who you might be oh this my week. god please don't die i am oh man it's a boring answer but i think i am just straight up miranda i feel like a complete workaholic um i've started uh waking up i'm gonna maybe potentially wake up tomorrow at 5 30 a.m to go to the gym today i woke up at 6 a.m to go That's to the amazing. gym it's badass i'm like kind of in this zone where i'm like i need more hours in the day at least that's how i'm feeling right now and so i'm like oh, i think i i want to still go to bed early because i'm so tired at the end of the day so i think the the hours have to come off the or be added on to you need the to get beginning of the day. Yeah. Jamie, are you gonna be one of these people that like like wakes up at three AM and goes to bed at seven PM? The office door and you're like on a trapeze sleeping I mean, upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a like a like a vampire with my arms crossed across my chest. Yeah and I go, Jamie, you what? Huh? Yeah, what? Yeah. What? And you're like, Jamie, are you sleeping here? And I look and there's like a big chart. Right. Like I wake up and I, Soylent. I, I wake up and I go, oh, oh, email, send the email. <laughs> well, what? Oh, hey, Rose. <laughs> you're like in the meeting flossing and we're like, Jamie. I have like a treadmill desk that like doubles as a standing desk that triples as a bed that quadruples as a bicycle. You open your drawer and like Dennis is in there. <laughs> I'm like, I'm very organized in my life. Gal, Everyone she goes in a hard. Box. Yeah. So I, I, you know, who knows how long it'll stick, but I, I am thinking maybe waking up earlier is something I want to dabble in and experiment with. So we will, we will see. So if I want to hang out with you, it's really like the 3am, 4am route range. Yeah. Honestly, like if we could just do like a, a little, if we could just do coffee just from three to three thirty am I think that would really work well with my schedule Jamie, for you i would okay thank you um oh and also just a quick side note Please. um this felt a little samantha but um samantha you know she's a publicist so i feel like she's always dealing with like cool people and today honey boo boo was what? in my office not my personal office but in our offices and i got a picture with her is she nice <laughs> okay <laughs> enough said a high-pitched squeak in Splash, that, Jamie was speaking mermaid, and that means not nice. Yeah, not nice. Okay. Well, you can't have it all. I mean, it was more her posse that was not the warmest. I she, mean, a posse is wild. She was kind of not, I would say, like, it's odd. It was an interaction without an interaction. There was a real absence of connection. I was like, can, oh, hey, can I get a picture? And then she kind of just like, 
got near me and like I put my arm around her for the photo, but there was no there was hi. Like, hi. There was no, yeah, but by the way, I'm the asshole who wants the photo. I'm not being like she should have stepped up her socializing yeah, game. That's but. not. What, but it was a little like her posse was just. I think honestly, it's my fault. I think I just caught them off guard and by Girl, asking for a picture. Well, I mean, we were in like a professional setting. They're probably not expecting someone Girl, to be like, "Hey, I'm a big fan." Like they probably weren't anticipating me coming up and like needing a photo. Listen, if it was anybody else, I would say maybe. Maybe don't, but her name is Honey Boo Boo and she got famous on a reality series. She doesn't not want attention. I would think that that's true. And also it's like not. Oh, my God. So, I mean, I don't even whatever I'll say. Do you think her friends call her HBB, HB squared? I think they call her Alana. I know her. Her first name's Alana. And I know that because I took a photo and I tagged her in it. And I was like, Alana. Okay, Okay. Don't mind if I do. Um, But then it was really funny because they're they're shooting a reality show. It's not the original show they're doing. I guess like they have many spinoffs from the show. And um their their little offices the reason i say little offices is because they were not like in an actual office they were in this sort of like congregation of tables outside of our office and i walked by to fill up my water bottle and the mom has like a baby and the baby was straight up laying on the table like like as if it were a crib just like like in this is part of the hbb posse this is in the middle of the office people are working around them with laptops and brainstorming for the show and the baby is straight up just like laying on the and also skylar do you want to tell your wrinkle that just, you also witnessed just also off of dennis being in the drawer earlier <laughs> that baby was at one point <laughs> in a drawer which was amazing I around yeah the baby was straight up in a drawer you guys i have something bad to <laughs> I'm say sorry. i don't even feel like this is like sh- a shit talking exclusive i just feel like this, this is exclusive is, is it is this it's, exclusive this is content for sure is it it was also really fun. it was also fun that they're just like they're always like that that's what's going on at the boo-boo household palace yeah. oh my god you got the boo-boo estate okay anyways <laughs> we, need, we need to get into this app okay yeah Okay, I'm sorry. I derailed us. us. I derailed us. But um, also, just really quick uh, to fully bring us back for anybody who is a new listener. Hello, welcome. We already love you. Thank you for supporting the pod thus far. You're really hot. Oh my god, Mm, I love that lip color. Um, or you know, beard or whatever you're in, or both lip color and beard. Absolutely. So, anyways, um, this is a podcast where we uh, delve deep into Sex in the City episodes. We are going in order, and uh, if you're interested in listening with us from the beginning of the series feel free to go back to episode one of our podcast where we cover the pilot and if you want to just delve into wherever we are right now with us um, feel free to do that today we are going to be covering season two episode two it's called the awful truth so this episode kicks off with Carrie hanging with her old pal, Susan Sharon, who has a strong Jersey accent and a weak sense of self. <laughs> After a fun dinner, Susan Sharon invites Carrie to her apartment to give her an early birthday present. Everything is fun and fab until, I can't believe I keep having to say Susan Sharon's belligerent husband busts into the living room to yell at them for making noise after 9 p.m. What a dick. Later that night, Susan Sharon calls Carrie to apologize for her husband's embarrassing behavior and asks if Carrie thinks she should leave him. She doesn't want to tell her friend what to do, but after some nudging, Carrie's like, duh, bitch, that guy sucks. Wow, wow, wow. 
The next day, Carrie meets the gals for lunch and admits that she might have crossed a line by telling a friend to leave her stanky hub trash. Everyone has a different opinion about how Carrie should handle it, obviously, but the conversation quickly shifts to Miranda, who has her own relationship problems. Her new man slice wants her to dirty talk, but she's embarrassed and doesn't know what to say. Miranda. That night, Charlotte decides she's sick of settling for the subpar men of New York City, so she finds the perfect male specimen, a little puppy named Henry. Meanwhile, Samantha continues to lie to her boyfriend, James, about why she doesn't want to have sex with him. Hint, it's his teeny, weeny, weeny peeny. James convinces her to go to therapy so she can face her problems with intimacy, a.k.a. his disappointing crotch. That would be a horrible nickname. (laughs) Across town, Susan Sharon and Carrie hang out with Charlotte to meet the puppy, and Susan Sharon admits that she's having second thoughts about leaving her husband. Awkward considering he comes off as pretty verbally abusive, but I guess absence makes the low self-esteem grow stronger? The next morning is Carrie's birthday, and she wakes up to a dozen red roses from, you guessed it, Big. Obviously, this calls for an emergency meeting to overanalyze with the gals. Best wishes on your birthday. It's from Big. What kind of flowers? Roses. Red. Big. Expensive. What do you think it means? It means rip up the card. And watch out for the thorns. No, no, no. This is the grand gesture. The grand gesture? Yeah, you know, if you break up with someone and they just disappear from your life altogether, well, then it wasn't meant to be. But if they make a powerful declaration of their love, then you really have to reconsider. You think a dozen roses and a card that says best wishes qualifies as the grand gesture? Well, you know, men, they can never say I was wrong. They just send flowers. Yeah, well, sometimes a rose is just a rose. Now, jewelry, that's another story. Henry, no, Henry, no, not the purse. You know, I really don't need this on my birthday. I mean, really, what does this mean? The ball's in my court or something? play games this is not the grand gesture this is the vague gesture which is truly worse than no gesture at all you know under the guise of being thoughtful he's actually being very selfish i agree he's muddied the waters oh you're all just cuckoo the man sends your flowers on her birthday and you're all condemning him cuckoo Ugh. I love that Samantha, I don't know why I would think Samantha might kind of be like, hey, Carrie, like, yeah, it's kind of hot. Like, I love that Samantha's like, this is selfish because I do feel I feel that way. Also, best wishes. Oh, it's so cold. It's also just like such a (sighs) it's such a nothing, whatever. Even I've uh, unfortunately I have. I believe I've signed an email, best wishes, you know, whatever. Not to like an ex that you're obsessed with. No, absolutely not. Totally like professional. But even even using it professionally, I'm like, what am I saying? Like, it's such a, it's just so, um, what am I trying to, like, it's so, uh, it's cold, but it's also just, it's, there's no content to it. It's like, what does that mean? You're wishing what are you wishing for? Like, best wishes, I wish you, what is that? You know what people should sign instead of best wishes is? I grant you three wishes. Yeah, exactly. Jamie. Right, right. And then rub, rub this, <laughs> rub your computer screen, and a genie will pop out. Yeah, what do you it's think so about dumb. this whole grand gesture theory? 
Well, because I sort of am tracking a pattern with Big, and I do think, as we've discussed many times on the pod, he is sort of the ultimate gaslighter, even if he doesn't necessarily mean to, even if there's a, sort of a, a dose of cluelessness to his behavior, um, it still does ultimately come down to gaslighting. And so when I saw this, I was just like, oh, that's, yeah, we're just back to more confusion, more head games. And um, I think Carrie is completely in the right to be like, what the fuck? do I do with this? Like, what do I do with it? Yeah, exactly. I what agree. Do you think? Yeah. I totally agree. And, and and you wrote it down and I think it was a perfect line. This isn't a grand gesture. This is a, a vague, vague gesture. gesture. Such a good writing. Great. And it's also just exactly what you said. It's kind of like always how big is. It's like you're almost giving me something, but the fact that you do a dozen roses and a generic card means it's just always too little too late. Even that, even that, the... Roses, which, you know, red roses, that's like the, Romantic. the Valentine's yeah. Day go-to flower. To to juxtapose that with best wishes is already a mixed message. Not not it's just like he can't do anything cookie 100%. cutter down yes. the line. He can't commit to even a gesture. Yeah. Like um have you ever seen that movie French Kiss with Meg Ryan? Mm, maybe. It's such a good movie. Uh yeah. Definitely I'm horny for it always, um, even though this isn't the end of the episode. But it's uh, with Kevin Klein and Meg Ryan, and they're in France, and it doesn't matter. There's a great line where Meg Ryan is complaining that Kevin Klein um, is not clear enough in his uh, like behavior because he's French, and she just doesn't understand <laughs> French people. And she's like, "Put the corresponding face with the corresponding emotion: happy, smile, sad, frown." And it's like this hilarious so declaration. Yeah, and I feel that way with Big, where I'm just like, "Why Send the flowers and be like, I miss you? Yes, I need you." You're the love of my life. Yes, yeah. exactly. And like what you're you're in your 40s. You're a bachelor. You know, the significance of and the symbolism of the red rose. Like, well, come on, wake up. I agree. And let me know what you think, because this is kind of skipping to the next. Scene. No, please, please go. But what did you think about the fact that he literally said to her when she says, thank you for giving me the flowers? Oh, my secretary. Oh, no, I was, was going to bring it up also. Yeah. So she OK, so she says, um, yeah. Oh, thank you for the flowers. And then he's just like, oh, yeah, my secretary sent them. And she was like, oh. And then he was like, well, what did he say? She reminded she, me yeah. that it was your birthday today. And I was and the one that I sent, them. sent them. But she was the one who told me it was your birthday. It's like you can, if that's true, you can leave that part out. It, that's the whole thing. It's just always like you're not that important. Yes. It's a little. It's just like he baits her constantly and gives her not did a lot of fish food. Did you think it was a, a like would that gesture have meant anything to you? Yeah. I mean, if, if I were in this situation and I'm like in, in love, love with someone who also doesn't, and to use your term, which we have also brought up on the pod, but like breadcrumbs, when he really doesn't give you a lot. So like he, you know, just gives you a taste of closeness. You're like, oh, give it. I want it. I want it. Like you have that, like, whatever. You're in the desert and you don't have water. And it's like a, a raindrop. And you're like, uh, uh, like your mouth is open trying to drink yeah. the sky. Yeah. I feel like that is the metaphor for big in general is just like he gives you so little. So you cling to to it and question it because Carrie is like literally like emotionally thirsty. That's She's a really like good point. not being wow. hydrated. That is the true definition of thirsty is like, oh. like literally like you're not getting enough. Yeah, you're not getting enough. You're That's kind of interesting. You're it not actually, quenched. It actually works for even thirst traps because it's like you know, if you are kind of lonely and desperate and taking a really hot picture, you're kind of like not getting enough nutrients yeah. or something. Yeah. 
you need to be fed by the sky. We are doing a TED Talk about the real meaning of thirst. Yeah. So I think that the Carrie is um, classically thirsty in a non-2019 Instagram kind of way. She's just like not being nourished. And I think that um, it makes these types of things um, feel more significant and question their significance, um, which maybe if she was, you know, dating someone new or whatever, even just busier or whatever, like more distracted, she might not necessarily so uh, react to the same way. Yeah. Also, it's her birthday and someone, my birthday's in yes. a couple weeks and you get he a little... remembered her birthday also. Well, he didn't remember Well, the it. assistant did, but... But I do think uh, you get a little more sensitive and a little more... I think it's interesting too about the episode how they don't tell us how old she's going to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like no one talks about it, no one brings it up, and like usually if if it's your birthday, there's like some discussion of how old yeah. you are. But I think she feels a little insecure about her birthday, so I think it's kind of like this guy coming back. It's kind of a lot, but I I am curious like what you think about the concept of a grand gesture. Like has mm-hmm. anyone? Could, do you think it can save things? Has anyone done a grand gesture to you? Hmm. Like, has anyone fucked up and then really, like, hit it out of the park? I would say the biggest, like, grand gesture, which is so so sad, it's not very grand at all, but there was, like, probably the extent of it for me was, like, I, whatever, I was dating this guy. He was sort of, I guess, a player when we were together. Um, definitely, like, whatever, like, weird with text messages, like, kind of just, like, was texting me a lot when I first met him, and then it just sort of dwindled, and then... I was over at his house one time and I noticed like his phone kept lighting up and it was like really late. And I was like, oh, he has like a lot of me. Like there are other me's. Um, He's got like a whole circle around him. And then two years later, I had a boyfriend and whatever. I was at this comedy festival and I was just like checking emails in my room. And he G chatted me and was like, I really messed up. Like, I really think you were like it. And (gasps) I think I really screwed up. Wow, that's really nice. My sister always like makes fun of me and says, that I that you're like, the one that got yeah, away. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. And I was like, also though, how many people has he said this to? We don't know. <laughs> He's but, like, it was like a mass email. He yeah. like, it's like, dear Emily. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like shit, I forgot to, to change the name. <laughs> he forwarded it to you. That's so funny. <laughs> Actually, that's really hilarious. Um that is so funny. I had an experience like that when I went on this like retreat and I thought I really connected with this guy. And then um, I talked to another girl on the retreat and like I found out that he like said exactly the same no. thing. And it's fine. Whatever. Oh, I hate that. But when I was asking you about grand gesture, I was thinking, oh, Rose, make sure you have something to say just in case. Like she asked if you have a grand gesture. And I was thinking the most recent thing was this guy that I used to have sex with last summer recently was just like texting me like you up. And I'm like, I think my gesture, <laughs> yeah. it's a pretty small gesture. I guess it's the smallest one you can. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's like this episode aired in like what, 2000 or something. I'm like, I think that we so jaded. My grand gesture is like, I guess he reached out a year and a half later to see if I wanted to fuck. Is that a grand gesture? Right. You're like, um, when we're in bed, he clips his toenails less than he used to. Like, is that a grand gesture i don't like, know somebody i dated is single and bored and reached out to have meaningless <laughs> cold sex in in the night is that a grand gesture or is that just like fucked up my boyfriend didn't dump me is that a grand gesture <laughs> yeah oh my I, god yeah fuck grand gestures i don't think i've had <sighs> i don't think you know what honestly the best grand gesture i've ever had is still in elementary school where this very overweight boy who had a crush on me on valentine's day gave me a box of chocolates oh. and an aerosmith single of crazy oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, i was like, his name? Oh. Oh, yeah. 
I do you know love what? that song though. Maybe it's my great. favorite favorite Aerosmith song, honestly. I ate the box and I listened to the song. So truly, it was it was probably the best grand gesture Wait, I ever. Had. Oh my god! As you said that, I was like, holy shit! If we're talking about grand gestures. My last grand gesture was probably in fifth grade when this guy Nicholas, um, not Nick Nicholas, he was very specific about wanting the full name. Not a great sign. <laughs> But he, I remember, left a voicemail while I was at dinner with my whole family and my aunt at dinner um, announced that she was getting married. And so it was like a really big, like emotional dinner. And then I came home and there was a voicemail from him. He had never called me. And he was like, I have feelings for you and all this stuff. And then that week he brought me um, a box of chocolate for Valentine's Day and like wrote out a little card. And he had really like creepy, honestly, like meticulous um, handwriting. And he always wrote with a serial killer like cut up with different magazines no he always he wrote always with a mechanical pencil and he would hold it like not like the typical way you hold a pencil but kind of like almost like you're playing a guitar like with his fingers all spread out yeah and uh and he was very like meticulous in the way he wrote and he wrote this like really long letter to me and i was like oh my god your handwriting is sick that's amazing (laughs) yeah well now that we started the grand gesture train i think actually we realized that we both could probably talk for an hour and a half about the different grand gestures yeah and the fact that that happened when i was 10 years old and i haven't experienced one since (laughs) is a rude awakening and honestly very depressing Most of the gestures I'm thinking of are less of a gesture and more of like a weak wrist, like just like an apathetic little Mm. like vague arm in a sling. (laughs) It is a little broken bird wing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, getting back into the app, Rose. Yes. Um, After lunch, Carrie calls Big to thank him for the flowers and accidentally kind of sort of invites him to her birthday dinner. Freudian slip or Freudian on purpose? Either way, it's bad. While Carrie regresses in her relationship with Big, Samantha attempts to make progress in couples therapy with James. I'm just not feeling very sexual these days. I saw you masturbating the other day when I came out of the show. (laughs) I love it. Busted. Many women are simply unable to achieve orgasm through intercourse. It's nothing to be ashamed of. I think you have a big problem with intimacy. No, that that's not it. Then what is it? It's it's nothing. S- nothing. Sweetheart, Forget there's nothing it. you can say it's that can nothing. hurt me as long as it's what you're feeling. That seems to be all the time we have for today. Nice work, you two. Shall we say next week, same time? Good for me. Samantha? The idea of seeing Velma into Misi Rudin on a weekly basis was much more than Samantha could bear. Your penis is too small. Excuse me? It doesn't, and it just, it, it can't. And, and I can't. And it's, it's just too damn small. <laughs> Did you ever stop to think that maybe your vagina's too big? No, it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I need a big dick. I hear that. Oh my God. Oh my God. The therapist. I hear that. <laughs> For those of you who haven't seen this episode, she's just like sort of a, a like a frizzy old Jewish lady. <laughs> frizzy. <laughs> oh my God. But also, she's so fabulous. The casting for this therapist is so perfect. She's so wonderful. I want her to be my therapist. I love her. Yeah. She's hilarious. Kind of like the, like a Jewish earth mother. Yeah. Wearing lots of chunky jewelry. It's just fabulous. Like Sky Rosenblatt or something. 
something. Yes. Yeah. Also, like, you don't have to watch all the episodes along with us, but watch this one. The scenes are so fucking funny. And I just have to say that it's interesting because, like, when we brought in that sex and dating relationship therapist, we were asking if the show is a net positive or net negative. And she said overall positive. But she said there are some things in the show that are not good for sexuality. And she was saying that, like, She's literally had male clients that are like suicidal over yes. how small their penises are. Yes. And it's, this is something I wanted to talk to you guys about because it's like, this is a comedy show. Right. And they're mining it for comedy. And obviously, like, you, we, uh, I, I, I mean, I, know, I think I know where you're going with it, but keep going. Yeah, I just feel like we don't make jokes about like, we don't use the word retarded anymore and we yep. don't use these words. And it's like, you do think about people's feelings. And I kind of wonder, like, this whole small penis boyfriend has milked so much comedy and has been so funny. It's been like four episodes. And it's really it's hilarious. It's a solid arc. And this is a really funny scene, but like... Am I soft? Like, I, I don't know. Like, is this bad no, for men? Like, I don't know. We're living in a different time than when this show came out. And I think the words body positivity weren't even in our lexicon when this came out. Like, we weren't thinking in those terms. It was kind of like fat, thin, like, this is how you are. This is what you look like. You want to look better. Like, it was just yeah. very, like, kind of brutal and cut and dry. Yeah. And I think now, luckily, we've moved into a place where we're at least having this kind of discourse that you and I are having right now of being like, is that OK? But am I a sourpuss? Like, no, I don't even think it's, it's sour. really funny. But I'm like, I don't think is it's this bad for men. Like, well, the answer is yes. Yeah. I mean, 100 percent. And she, you know, is a, a medical professional who said, like, it's bad. Like, that, this like, is not a healthy message. I mean, like men are like literally like. Like doing horrible things. Yes. I mean, but then when you think of like, and I'm not trying to like devil's advocate this by by any means, I want to be clear. I'm, I want to say period, new sentence, <laughs> new paragraph. I would say that, you know, um, like the patriarchy is definitely and has always and continues to objectify women's bodies and talk about their imperfections and feel very comfortable. And obviously this is generalized. Yes, I'm totally. not saying that about all men. Agreed, I agreed. know this. But there's still a lot of work to be done about how women's bodies are spoken about and um does and it feel self- like this is evening the playing field kind of um if i'm being honest a little yeah a little i'm not proud of that no no i but think that makes I sense i think it there is and i've had jokes in my stand-up because i did date a guy with a micro penis um and i did i had a joke that i was doing for a while and it was always a tricky one to do because i am someone who um like I really do feel body positive and I appreciate body positivity. And I mean, whatever, it's like one of the things I think Instagram is good for is body positivity. So yeah, I'm kind of in this open accepting place, but then I do feel a little bit of resentment that like nobody ever judges men's bodies the way they judge women's bodies. So there's a part of me that feels satiated by this kind of ribbing but also I do know that it's irresponsible you know especially after speaking to our th- sex therapist who's dealt with people I who think are it really got in my head yeah no me too me Be- too because I'm like you know I think just because women are you know literally judged so harshly and so many women have eating disorders and no woman feels like they're 
good looking enough and everyone's turning the lights off and blah, blah, blah. I don't know if the answer is like, let's make men feel that way too. It's 100% yeah. not. Yeah. It's not, re- revenge is never the like, answer. The answer. Absolutely but not. I feel really conflicted because as a comedy person and as a writer, it's a hilarious art. Also, I think that typically um, the way we've, like, I think men's genitalia, um, it, it's almost like kind of down the line in terms of how we perceive it. Like, there's one camp that's like, it's very serious, like, it's rock hard, it's a boner it's like you know it's like literally like the phallic symbol like is masculinity but then the other side is that like olymp dick is very funny and like in comedy if you see limp penises you're like what is that right so it's like this weird sort of divide that's and interesting. yeah so i think maybe that's why there's some comfort Back then, not now. I right. don't think this would be written now, honestly. And I also don't have a strong opinion about it. I don't know. I feel torn because I think it's I think that it's normal to so feel funny. torn. Yeah. That scene was so funny. It's such a great arc and it's such a great problem for Samantha to have. I love it. I wouldn't have rewritten it, but I think because we talked to this woman, it's it's kind of like yeah. it's kind of like this. I used to use the R word. I used to say, Oh, that's so retarded. And I have a very, very close friend whose sister is severely mentally handicapped. Yeah. And I dated a guy who also had a brother who was mentally handicapped. And they're like, that's like saying the N word to me. It's really hurtful. And once I said it, then I can never say it again. So I would never say it again. So it's like kind of like, unfortunately, the more you know, the harder it is sometimes to joke about shit. A hundred percent. Steve Martin, I think, said, um, yeah, cancer is really funny until you have cancer and know someone who has cancer. And I think it's that kind of I think that's what it thing is. with this where it's like, yeah, it's funny, like. That's why I think, like, I guess self-deprecating humor is the the one kind of... Safe humor, kind of? Yeah, it's safe. And you can really... You can go real deep. You can be real mean to yourself. You just can't be else. mean to other people. Yeah. Obviously, there are different types of humor, and I'm not saying that's right. the only There's, kind that works. It's, but it's safe. You heard it here first. Comedy is <laughs> one thing. Wait, can we consult a Skylar, our man... Potter, yeah, our, our man let's producer. Do it. What did you think our about man producer? <laughs> what did man you think Potter. about that scene about the small penis and what we heard and like? What do you think about it? One thing I thought was really interesting about James's arc generally is that like he's one of the first like really thinly written male characters I think I've mm, seen in this like really female and complicated. He has no other personality except for he has a small penis. That's all we know about him. Exactly, and you also kind of don't. I, I it like kept bumping me honestly why Samantha's sticking with him. Given that she's written to be like such a sexually driven, what is and it? What do they character. have together? Exactly, that's and, interesting. And um, yeah, so I, but I kind of love that too because like you constantly hear this woman character in male-driven show in is every thinly oh, written, mean, and it's so like so yeah. many shows for right. so long. I hear you. Yeah, which I thought was so so interesting. Like it's like we're gonna choose a. a generally male-associated insecurity in Minded for Comedy, which is a thing that is frequently done in male-written shows toward women or, like, not... Right. I don't think so much so in 2019, but definitely in no, 1999. No, it still exists. Yeah, okay, certainly. It yeah. still exists. Here's the yeah. question. If I was watching a male show like Entourage and somebody was like, I don't know, she's, like, too fat for me, even though I'm skinny, I would... It would bristle me. Does it bristle you to hear women making... I I know I don't know this, but I'm assuming you have a normal size penis. And sorry to even bring that up. It's really I'm, I, I it. might Hilarious. get arrested after the show. And I'm this might be my last episode, guys. Uh, <laughs> Bye, Rose. Skylar's never going to talk to me again. But Ch- uh, Rose and Chachi are being sent to her mom's house. <laughs> but like, even if it's not a problem you have, does it bristle you at all to hear women talking about men like this or not? I 
It doesn't really just because it, it does feel a little time capsule honestly. Like I, I don't, I'm, I'm confident That's that interesting. like, that I, that, my girlfriend, when she's with her friends, will have conversations about like the people that they're seeing. Like we've been together for so long now that it's not we're not having the same sorts of like new experience conversations with people. Like we went to third base yeah, last yeah. night for the seven thousandth time because it it felt a little time capsule. Like it didn't bother me so much. So because I also, as Kimberly was saying, like the the. Kimberly was the, the therapist the we therapist. had on, yeah. The, the roadblock that a small penis... Go back penis, two episodes if you want to listen to it. It's a great interview. Anyways, yeah. go on. The roadblock that a small penis proves to be in a relationship doesn't seem like it's that substantial a problem in the real world. In the real world, yeah. Real yeah. people stay with people like that, and real people with small penises like get married and have good sex lives, and it's fine. 100%. Yeah, agreed. But I also like get the... I get probably being insecure about that. I also think that drives like a lot of like really ugly Behavior. stuff. Yeah, like our president. Frank. Yeah, exactly. Like incel <laughs> oh stuff. Like like some of the most toxic stuff is probably super connected to like being insecure about the it's size like of your Napole penis. It's like, like getting Napoleon to date. in like, the pants complex. Yeah, there's the whole like Chads and Stacey's like this really like ugly MRA stuff that's probably all really connected to that stuff too. Like yeah. just like there's a lot of toxicity to it. So, but because of that, and the show's not dealing with that so it it it's a weird naughty subject it's super super interesting it's i think so too i'm glad that we talked about it because i i think it's hysterical i think it's, that scene is like lols to the sky but it's after what we talked about it just adds a little bit of like it makes it a little more problematic than it would have been yeah and i think it's i think that um kimberly uh it, it's an awareness um to consider both sides which should be happening um in body positivity for men and women and hopefully like it be, there becomes less of a discrepancy between those two camps yeah i think some comedians feel like oh man if you can't make fun of anything then like what is there left i just think you can still make fun of stuff and you can it's just kind of like I guess there. I guess this idea of punching down. There's more things that are now included in the down category. Uh, oh, totally. a, a lot is included in the down category, and it's hard. It's yeah. hard. Yeah, because you I still want to be funny and well, edgy, and wanna, just like you don't want to be neutered. You want to speak freely, but at the same time, when you have that information, it's hard to undo your knowledge. Well, even on the pod, like I feel like I've re-listened to something I've said that I think is fine and funny, but I'm like, oh. Somebody really sensitive could hear this and be like, what a bitch. She's not, you know, it's, it's like truly impossible to not offend someone at it's some too point. Hard. It's And I'm not saying that as an excuse. We're always trying to, like, you know, be thoughtful and and, uh, you know, careful. I and think we apologize. Are we we oh, try to fix things if it's actually damaging? Uh, no, absolutely. And it's like we're all just human beings trying to do our best. And, and that's what I mean with the thinly written thing on James, too. Like so much good comedy stuff kind of operates on like you not knowing too much to no longer be able yes, to joke about it. exactly. And like if you so knew more true. about James. So if we cared about him, then it would be hard. Exactly. But he's yeah. not a human being. So yeah, he's, he's just like a, dude. a comedy no, vessel. He's basically. just like, a, yeah, he's just like a sack of flesh. Like, like we know nothing about him. That's true. A there, sack of, a small sack of uh, flesh. A small yes, sack of flesh. Yes. Uh, did you think that his reaction, obviously hilarious, did you ever think your vagina was too big, obviously just like written for jokes, but did you think that big reaction of him storming out, if this was a real situation, was warranted or not? A hundred percent. Because she said that? Yeah, I, I don't, I think it's also like, yeah, I mean, I think, 
I don't think it's cool to just bail in the middle of a fight or a tough conversation. That's I'm not a proponent of that. But I do think that that felt like that kind of blow it was an attack felt. Yeah, it, I don't even. Well, it wasn't intentionally an attack. She was saying how she really felt. But I think sometimes if you receive information that feels really harsh and you're sensitive about it to begin with, leaving in the room is the only option, whether he came back in or not after after it, the cameras cut or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that sometimes just walking out is how people cope with things. And then especially in relationships, I mean, shit gets ugly. I don't know. Totally. I, I don't think it's a guy surprising. With a small penis, definitely not a micro penis, but on the smaller side. Sure. And it did didn't affect our relationship. I was fine with it. But he knew like he yeah. definitely said something at one point like, oh, well, you know, technically I have an average like. Oh, wow. And so it's like it's also kind of funny to think that this guy wouldn't know. Yeah. Like, what's wrong? What is wrong? With I don't you? think like, that that um, tied into his reaction. I think that if anything, it caused his reaction to be because he does know. Yeah. I think that's why he kind of flailed and spazzed out and left. Obviously, we're analyzing a hypothetical show that's sure. not real, but it what, could be based on reality, though. The show feels very specific. So, yeah. Like, how could Samantha have handled that better to maybe have gotten a better? Do you think it's something that she is a lot that a, a woman in a relationship is allowed to bring up? I think she should have brought it up to her therapist uh, and to a professional. Well, I guess intimacy. She is a sex therapist. Seems like if she wrote a book called Intimacy. Um, but uh, I think that she should have maybe brought it up independently versus in front of him um to because say, it's a very is, sensitive may subject I matter even bring this up yeah and also just getting some language that maybe would be helpful and um also maybe coming up with like a really nice or like the most pleasant um exit plan because i think she needs to break up with him it's too much of an issue for her regardless of if she's in the right or the wrong it's clearly not going to work. They aren't okay. having sex. Right. She's pulling away. She doesn't like it. It bothers her. Her preference is a big dick. Like, doesn't make it right. But, like, I do think there's two parts. I think that Samantha could stand to get some therapy that maybe would work her through this and realize, like, That's well, true. if everything else is really on, on yes. course, like, can you this work is workable, with this? Yes. Yeah. Or is it workable right. for her? Who knows? Everyone's deal breakers are different. You know what? I have to say, I think that's completely correct. And I just had a thought. You know, he actually is not the most understanding guy because she tried to use a vibrator while having sex with him. He's like, right. no, 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 just me. And I have a friend whose husband never wanted her to use a vibrator, uh. but she could only come using a vibrator. So it's like, fuck you. This yeah. is what I need. And I kind of feel like, yeah, if he has a small dick, who cares? But if he doesn't want her to do what she needs to do to have an orgasm, then he's also being really self-centered because I've heard of friends whose husbands are like, don't use that. I don't like it. And it's kind of like, well... I like this. So why do you care? I agree. Like, I think that that was probably part of their issue was that he wasn't willing to like deal with workarounds. He was just like, no, this has to be. Yeah, it. it's my penis. And that's it. And she's like, well, <laughs> I think I'm going to need more. Yeah, because it's like, like you said, if she loved him and if he was open minded, she could talk to a therapist and the therapist could be like, hey, well, what if you use toys? And what if you use this? Yeah. And what if you asked him to do this? As long as he was open minded. But the fact that he told her to like turn off the vibrator makes me feel like he's not that open-minded of they a lover. They both need to be going to therapy separate. Yeah. She has to work through some things. He needs to get over his own insecurity, which clearly is like closing him off to, um, again, a workaround for, yeah. for how to make this. Yeah. Make, make it pleasurable for his partner. So anyways, um, do you want to get us back into the epi? Yes. Okay, great. Um, 
In other sexy news, Miranda has finally learned to dirty talk, but things go too far when she describes putting a finger in her man's ass. Although her dude loves being butt-banged, he doesn't want her to talk about it because toxic masculinity, duh. Miranda complains about the dirty talk double standard at Carrie's Moroccan birthday dinner. Big shows up to dinner with his horrible friend Jack. And although Carrie is relieved that Big didn't bring a female date, she should be more concerned that he hangs out with such a grade A jackass. See what I did there? Mm. I don't. <laughs> I don't see it. Wait. <laughs> Wait, can you explain it? <laughs> Tia, time out. <laughs> Desperate doormat Susan Sharon tries to hit on Jack because why choose better men and learn from your mistakes when you can continue the cycle of emotional abuse? While I watched my ex get a Mesopotamian lap dance, Susan Sharon made a play for Mr. Marvelous. I don't know if I can deal with being single all over again. I mean, it's not like every relationship doesn't have its ups and downs, you know? It's just that my husband and I, we work very hard and we probably don't spend enough downtime together, you know, compounded by the fact that neither of us gets enough sleep, you know, but <laughs> then again, who does? It's just that I really never imagined myself as a divorcee, you know, but I do think it's more important to till your own soil than it is to go in search of greener pastures. Do you ever shut the fuck up? In that moment, Susan Sharon suddenly realized how much she desperately missed her husband. It's like, I miss this other guy saying, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> no, it's so, poor Susan Sharon. It's so tragic. I just have to say something, Jane. Please. This is a really interesting arc and storyline to me because this show is a half hour comedy show. We're analyzing it, but this show is supposed to make you laugh. It's not a super hardcore dramatic show. And I think that this was a really problematic storyline because it was played for laughs and it's supposed to be funny. And I could be overly sensitive, but I think she has an emotionally abusive husband and I don't get the scene. It's like, it's like, why does she miss him? I, I mean, I guess this whole storyline is complicated for me because nobody takes her husband's abuse seriously. Even Carrie's like, I don't know, maybe he was having a bad day. Like, are we living in a world where men just like yell at their wives and tell them to shut the fuck up, you stupid fucking idiot? In front and, like, that. of their friend. And like that's, comfortably, comfortably in front of Carrie. I know, James. And it seems like Carrie's not even rattled. Like she kind of truly doesn't seem to care or be worried at all. Yeah, I've noticed this um, a couple times throughout the series, actually, where like there's a very sort of classically bad situation. And Carrie always kind of is like, well, I don't know. Maybe he was da da da. Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe he like she always kind of does this devil's advocate like, oh, I could see it from his point of view. And sometimes you're just like, no, like, why do you think she does that? Do you think she just doesn't have the time or bandwidth to give a shit about this? I wonder if it's like the writers um, kind of being like, what do you what does the audience think? We're like leaving it open to interpretation a little bit. Did um, you think it was open to interpretation, his behavior? Am no, I being dramatic? No, not at all. No, I thought he it was very clearly not OK. Abusive. And also I've noticed this. um, I've noticed this in my own life. I've known people who I would say are on the abusive spectrum and people always go, yeah, they're an asshole. And it's like that happens in this episode. They're like, oh, he's such an asshole. It's like an asshole is someone who like doesn't like 
call you back when they say they're going to. Like that's an asshole. Late to dates and yes, stuff. that's an asshole move. I think it needs to be like stated clearly on the record abuser. that this is not asshole. Like right. he is verbally abusive. He tears her down, and that's in front of a friend. Who knows what happens behind closed doors? I agree with you completely, and I think the who knows what I'm behind closed doors. I um love my mom very much. She doesn't listen to the podcast, but she definitely has an anger problem. I think it's calmed down over the years, but growing up, she would like yell and say really scary things. My dad has a bit of an anger problem too. So I'm very sensitive to people yelling at me. It's kind of like a deal breaker. I can't handle it. I know we all lose our shit sometimes. And like, no, I'm the same way. My mom felt very comfortable yelling when I was growing up. And now I don't like yells. I'm like, I'm leaving. I literally walk out the door. I was like, I can't, I cannot be around it. I can't be around yelling. So especially like, a man yelling because men are it's bigger so and stronger. Loud. It's, it's scary. so threatening. They yeah, they it's don't, really scary. They don't see it that way either. They don't realize like like Dan and I have literally gotten in fights where I'm like Dan, like your voice is terrifying. You cannot boom loudly at me and he's like that's just my voice and he's right it's just his voice but he's a man it's but all even when bigger Dan's and... not yelling he's 10 times louder than right. me and it's like that is something that I think in general men should take into consideration that like they're bigger than us yeah you there's just like a physical presence it's that is intimidating yeah, yeah and I, it adds an extra layer of threat I would say to whatever you're saying yeah watching that scene where I just think it was I just think it's a weird tonal shift because the show is straight comedy fun girls dildos and laughing and they and then you're just like there's like the slice of this domestic abuse. Yeah, it's kind of a weird it's weirdly handled. Well, it's weirdly handled. And it's also interesting that they actually do pull it off. I will say because I have watched this episode so many times and it wasn't until this time that I was like, oh, my God. Susan Sharon is in like a straight up abusive marriage. Like I was watching this episode, this series for many. I've seen this episode so many times in my life. Like I've rewatched the show so many times and it took one more time for me to be like, oh, my God. Like, this is so problematic. This poor woman. And then she gets chewed out by this. I mean, granted, whatever. She's running her mouth and she won't shut up. She's annoying, but I mean. She's annoying, but annoying is not, does not warrant the response she got. And then she's like, oh, I miss my husband. And then, like, they end up getting a dog. (laughs) They end up getting Charlotte's dog. Because Charlotte has to give her dog away because he tore up her whole bedroom and shat all over the floor. And then it like solved their marriage because the final beat is he gets to yell at the dog. Which is just sad for the dog. And then and they like and they make kind of like again, like you said, like a sort of like funny comedy beat out of it. Like, oh, he gets to yell at the dog, so he doesn't yell at me. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you two? This is such toxic codependence codependency i i'm it like really is very off-putting to witness it is and that's why i think this episode is actually really problematic and this episode feels the most of any ones we've watched like a time capsule of the time because um some shows the main character is unlikable and that's part of it don draper walter white um you know i'm trying to think of a woman who's like that i'm having a hard time but Anyway, the point is, there are some shows where you're not supposed to totally like the lead. Sure. But you are supposed to love Carrie. Right. Like Miranda Priestly in, um, in uh, De- 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 what is it? Devil Wears Prada. Devil Wears Prada. Thank you. Right. Right. And I guess I'm confused because we're supposed to love Carrie. She's us. And watching this, I'm like, Carrie, you're not a good friend. Because the fact that she even had a hard time telling her, like, oh, did I make a mistake? It's like, I guess... 
I'm taking the show too seriously because I'm like, if I had a friend who was being screamed at, I would be like, hey, I'm doing an intervention and me and all your family are sitting around and we're like worried about this. Yeah. She seems like she couldn't give a shit about it. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was interesting that, you know, so later. So at the beginning of the episode, uh, Susan Sharon's husband yells at Susan Sharon to be quiet because she's in the living room with Carrie giving her a birthday gift and he flips out. And then that is used as an example in like the first brunch scene in this episode um, where they all say, or I believe it was Miranda who was like, yeah, you can't tell her. You can't tell Susan Sharon to leave because then you'll be the person who told her to leave. And I thought it was interesting that they chose this relationship to be sort of like the poster child for what Miranda's talking about because they could have chosen any relationship that's and a really it's good like, point. you know what I mean like they really could have chosen point. like yeah it could have been like the one that like Miranda you know has like whatever sex talking issues with like it could have been something super lighthearted, and then they could have used that as the example but instead it's this like intense emotional abuse Where you're like run yeah, so but in a way, they should have had a lighthearted example because I thought Miranda made a really good point that it is tricky to tell someone to leave their husband under, again, lighter circumstances. It is hard. But then when you witness the emotional abuse, it's like, of course, you have this to tell beyond. them to leave. No, literally, like the the objective of any friend who knows someone in a domestically abusive relationship, one of the main things that has to happen is everyone needs to encourage her to leave. Because on paper, you can't always get a restraining order. You can't always like they're depending on the laws in different cities and states. It's not that easy. So like the main thing is like the people around you have to tell you to leave. That's like the number one thing. And I, think, I, I do speak from the experience of being in a situation where I had to call um, on behalf of a friend. Yeah. Wow. Well, I yeah. think that your point is extremely well taken and perfect because I agree with you. It's one thing if like. God, Susan Sharon's husband is so annoying. He tells the stupidest jokes and like, she's bored. Should I leave him? I don't know. It's this is a different situation. Yeah. I mean, he's just the worst. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Also, though, God, and this is so horrible. Okay, so when they did that first scene where like the dude like comes out yelling, um, I was like, and he was like, I'm on London time. Remember that? And he's like, I have to be up in three hours. There was a small piece of me that was like, I hope that's not me at some point where I'm not, obviously I'm not going to like berate my husband in front of anybody. But I was like, I could see myself getting to a point where I'm like traveling and like exhausted and like I just lose my shit. Well, that's actually, this is a good point because maybe I'm being sensitive. Maybe other people are watching this and going, hey, he's really tired. He worked all day. I think that I again, the first couple times I saw this, I, I wasn't seeing it through that lens. But then this time I saw it through that lens. So I think that both are true. Yeah, I think maybe maybe that's why they could put this this in the episode and make it into comedy. Everyone brings their own history everywhere they go. That is so true. So I'm sensitive to yelling. So I watched that and I was like, he's abusive. Somebody else might be like, yeah, me and my husband yell at each other all the time. We love right. each other. Right. Like, totally. Guess- Different confrontation styles. Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay, well, after the B-Day dinner, Charlotte comes home to find her house has been destroyed and decides it's time to ditch Henry. Oh. Uh, yep, sad. But true. <laughs> Sometimes we have to do things that are hard to do, people. I mean, let's not vilify Charlotte oh for making a responsible, God. mature oh financial decision. God. 
Um, Charlotte gives a dog to Susan Sharon and her husband that helps them heal their relationship. As Jamie said, now Richard can be verbally abusive to the dog. Yay. Later that evening, Big walks Carrie home and surprised to no one, she still has feelings for him. Although she doesn't say that or admit these feelings to him, the episode ends with Carrie longing for her one true gaslighter, Douche Bigelow. The end. Ooh, and that brings us to uh, the final segment or second to final segment where we answer the question of the episode. Was Miranda right? Have we put such a premium on being open and honest with one another that we've misplaced the boundaries of propriety? Are there still certain things in a relationship one should never say? Yes. Yeah, I think so. I don't know what it is, and I don't know where the lines are drawn, but I do feel that some concealing is important. I agree. I think what she means in this particular, correct me if I'm wrong, I think what she's asking in here is, because they do a montage of this, is are there things you should not tell your friends? Oh, but maybe not. Maybe it's to anybody, actually. I think it, no, in the montage, now that you're you're reminding me, in the montage, it was like things you shouldn't say to your spouse. And they had the most extreme examples. One of them, which I'm, I'm going to play a little bit later when we do our I'm horny force. Oh, yay. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that, um, I do think that it's very easy to fall into the trap of saying something mean to someone and then use the phrase, I'm just being honest. I think that... You know when you're being honest in a constructive way and you know when you're being honest in a hurtful way. And you have to check yourself as much as possible if you want your relationship to survive. It's like you're an ugly sea wench who has bad breath. I'm just being honest. Exactly. It's like, you, you you know when you're doing something to hurt someone. Yeah. I agree with you. I think I'm interpreting this question differently, so I have a different kind of answer. I'm interpreting this question as... I'm taking it really specific. I'm taking this question as if your friend is dating somebody who's problematic, if your friend is doing something that how much do you tell them? That's what I'm taking this question as. Yeah, you might be right. No, no, I don't think it's even right or wrong. I think it's kind of whatever you want to answer. Sure. And I think this is a question that as someone who has a lot of really, really close friendships, this comes up with me a lot because um, I think of this this way. My sister is like the gold standard of friendship to me because she's somebody who uh, we treat each other incredibly. Uh, We love each other so much. We would, you know, it's just a really, really high standard of how we treat each other. And so I use that. I measure my friendships around that, which Mm. might be not fair. But one thing I think about Molly is. If Molly was ever dating somebody that I thought was problematic or scary, if Molly was ever doing something that I was worried about, if Molly was in a situation that I thought was dangerous or bad, I would always say something because I love Molly. Now, with friends, it could be different. If you are if you have a, a light friendship with someone and they're dating somebody that you don't think is right for them, to me, if I'm telling you the truth, it means I love you. If I'm not telling you, I'm not that close with you and I don't care that much. But if I'm telling you there is something really fucked up happening right now, it's only because I'm invested. Yeah. I don't tell people that I'm not invested what's really going on. Yeah. But the way I feel is I would hope that my friends and lovers and people would tell me 
when I'm fucking up, what I'm doing wrong, if I'm walking into a fire, because if it's hard to hear, I'd rather hear it. I think it's a sign of love when somebody says, like, I have an interrupting problem. I'm sure I interrupted you guys both a bunch of times in this podcast. <laughs> Everyone in my family does it. Sometimes I catch myself. Sometimes I'll listen to the pod and I'll be like really embarrassed. And I've had people say to me before, like, hey, Rose, like you interrupt too much. It really bothers me. And it hurts my feelings. And I appreciate when people tell me because you can't see yourself. No, and so if you people really can't. don't tell you, then you're going to live your life not knowing what you're doing wrong. So I think it's an act of love to be honest with someone. Yeah, I think that's a very beautiful sentiment. And I would agree with that. And I think that it takes courage uh, to be open and honest with people. And I think that that is something that builds over time. And I think that in terms of relationships, like what Samantha was dealing with in this episode, um, you know, I think you have, I think that, I think that people who are close can talk about anything. I do think that's true. And I do think that tact is always um, the biggest thing. I, so I, to me, when I hear this question, to me, it's less about honesty and it's more about focusing on tact um, I agree with and you. trying to be delicate with people because the honesty always ends up paying off. It only brings people closer. But if you don't deliver things in a respectful way, th- the message is going to be lost 100%. and no one's going to hear it. So you have to be uh, delicate. And the way Samantha handled the small penis thing was, was not delicate. And I agree with you. I'm I'm thinking of this question in my own life about I, I, I'm really thinking of it in a specific way. But I do think with you, like, for example, with the Samantha small penis thing, like, I do agree with you, Jamie, that there are some things, especially in a romantic relationship, that you truly cannot say. For example, if your wife gained 20 pounds after your pregnancy and you're a little less attracted to her, that is not something you can ever say. So or vice versa, if you have a husband who has some little physical thing he can't change that kind of turns you off swallow it like I do think you're right there are some things that you should never say right like things that people can change it it feels like if someone said it to you you'd be hurt maybe you know yeah you know golden rule treat others how you want to be treated yeah if it's not something you can really change and if it's kind of a part of you yeah then I probably wouldn't ever bring it up yeah and um yeah and I mean if you I feel like if you're being if you're making an effort to be honest and it is met with resistance no matter how kind and gentle you are being um the relationship is probably not meant to be whether it's a friendship or a relationship or whatever it's just like what why would it be so flimsy and fickle you You know know what what? yes I agree with you and I was just thinking I've had friends who've uh, I've had a few friends who've had really bad posture Mm. and uh, I'm six feet tall so my whole family was always like stand up straight oh my god yes so I'm I try and be aware of my posture but I had a, a really good friend who's a roommate who's super short she was 4'11 yeah and she would still slouch which made her even tinier and She's very pretty. And the thing about bad posture is you can be a beautiful woman or a beautiful guy. But if you have bad posture, it actually can go all the way to make you unattractive. Right. No, totally. So I once told my really good friend and roommate, like, and I tried to say in the nicest oh way, like, God. you're so beautiful. You're so gorgeous. I noticed that you slouch. Just kind of like. And when my mom used to say that to me, it like annoyed the fuck out of me. And it annoyed her. Um but again, the only reason I told her was because I'm like, I love you. Yeah, 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 I yeah, want yeah. guys to think you're hot. Yeah, I want yeah, people yeah. to ask you totally. out. It was like 100% from a place of love. Yeah. Yeah. But it probably bothered her. But maybe if people don't, if the people that you love don't tell you shit, you're not going to fix it. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a great situation. Um, all right. Well, uh, Gals, it's that time and- again. Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we're currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? Gal, I have to shoot it back to you because I don't have anything oh, yet. Oh, 
oh, okay. Um, as we mentioned earlier in this episode, um, there was a montage uh, of people saying things that they shouldn't, or people saying, being too honest with their partners. And there was one actor in particular, I was obsessed with the line they give they gave him and the read that he did. My wife, she said her breast on twice. They look fantastic. They feel like shit. I keep that thought to myself. I just thought that was such a, like, what? He's like, yeah, they look fantastic, but they feel like shit. I keep that thought to myself. It's so, uh, it was just so funny to me. It made me laugh out loud. I was like, what a, what a piece of shit. But also that was like a hilarious read. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so that's what I'm horny for. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty juicy. I think I'm horny for this really funny and gorgeous comedian in New York who's super young. Uh, Ava Victor. She's oh. super funny on Twitter, and I'm gonna um, put a link in our Instagram. She makes these hysterical, like 40 second Instagram videos that she puts on Twitter and Instagram, hmm. and they're hysterical. She had this really funny one about straight pride, like why it's really important to have straight pride. Completely joking, obviously. Yeah. And um, she's just really cracking me up, and she's just really sh- reminding us, me that like. You don't need equipment. You don't need fancy yeah. stuff. Just say something funny and record it, and millions of people will watch. So I love that. Ava Victor on Twitter and Instagram. I will put her links on because I don't remember what her Instagram name is, but she's absolutely hysterical. And every day she's uploading new funny stuff. So that's great. Shout out to her. I think she's hilarious. Love that. All right, guys. That brings us to the end of the episode. Um, thank you, Skylar Hanrath, for chiming in. Chiming and charming in. Chiming and charming. Um, yeah, and uh, we'll see. See you next time. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host, Rose Cerno, on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host, Jamie, at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at TheJamieLee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you're nasty, it helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. you nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Engineered and mastered by Alex Sarche. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.